0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Back and better than ever. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear hotline. Huge names in the news on this Tuesday. Aaron Rodgers, KD, Julio, CP3, and more. Speaking of big names, Doris Burke is live with us today. The crew is ready. Let's go. Here we go.
0: Only one place to start.
1: Kevin Durant up to 30 points. This series will shift to Wisconsin. Horn sounds the biggest playoff win in Nets franchise history. They dust Milwaukee to go up two games to none. Well, that was no fun at all, was it? And by that, I mean the NBA playoffs, which basically ended last night. Are you kidding me? The one series everyone thought the Nets might actually lose. James Harden has played 43 seconds, and it's no contest. Last night, the Nets won every quarter. They won the fourth quarter, which they started with a 30-point lead. They won a playoff game last night by 39 points, and it was not as close as the final score would indicate That game was much more one-sided than the 39-point final decision would have made you think. A team that more publicly and flagrantly than any other fully dismissed the regular season as not being worth their time has genuinely flipped the switch, just as we feared they would. They're just too good for everybody else. If you've ever been to an AAU tournament, you've seen that game a million times. I've been to hundreds of AAU tournaments, so I've seen it a billion times. It's over in the layup line. One team has all the good players. They play as hard as they need to. Never is there any question who is going to win. It's fun to watch them for about five minutes. And then the rest of the weekend, those are the least interesting games of the tournament. Please don't let the NBA turn into that. I really don't know what more to say about Brooklyn 125, Milwaukee 86. Every single person involved with the Bucs should be ashamed of what happened last night unless the Nets are just too good for everyone, unless that's just the reality, unless what we saw last night is what the NBA playoffs are now and will be as long as these guys stay interested enough to do it. I can't give you any more straight talk than that brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless because there isn't anything more than that to say. I asked Kendrick Perkins about it on TV this morning. I'm
0: so mad at myself for the simple reason is that I didn't stick to what I believed in, okay? I let people fool me with the two-time MVP. I let people fool me that Giannis got better. I let people fool me that he's the defensive player of the year. Because of the fact of the matter is this. He is who he is, and he's going to continue to show us that he's not a number one
1: option guy. And right now, Kevin Durant is spanking Giannis, he got him over his
0: lap and giving him a straight spanking. And when you look at it, he's having deer sausage and deer stew. He's doing whatever he wants to Giannis. I'm not even mad at Giannis. I'm not mad at the Bucks. I'm mad at Big Perk for letting people trick me to picking Giannis in the Milwaukee Bucks.
1: Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. That's what Kendrick Perkins said on Get Up This Morning. I had built this entire week to be based around this series, first and foremost. In my mind, as I sort of make plans for this, you know, I thought to myself, well, this week we will dive deeply into Nets bucks. There's that. that felt like it was going to be the central sort of feature of our conversations this week. NFL mini camps, which do have some stories. Julio Jones got traded. Aaron Rodgers isn't there. We'll get to those. But first and foremost, we were going to get this series, this showdown. Hashtag crew, does anyone have anything interesting to say? Can we say anything interesting about this? Ah, Hembo, I'm starting with you. Hashtag Hembo, who is my vice president in charge of analytics. And the people who are involved in analytics always take the field. The mm-hmm. question, this or the field, the answer is always the field for you people. Are you still taking the field over the nets?
2: I am still taking the field, but I am wavering. Vegas, the Nets are plus 115 right now, which means they're not quite an odds on favorite. Once Vegas takes
1: the plunge, I'll take the plunge with them. What, 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 is my corollary. Mm. What is the matter with you? What part <laughs> of last night's game did you not watch? I mean, I've got my son and my nephew in the house, and we're all excited. We sort of, you know, got us a, our, a nice little setup to watch the game together last night. We have an early dinner, so we're all gathered around. I was so excited. We were so excited to watch this game. And, like, within 20 minutes, I was like, good night, guys. I'm going upstairs to read. <laughs>
0: I'm
1: going to go read a book. I mean, there's nothing to watch. This is a walk. Who's playing them? To Who's stopping them? That's without Harden. Harden has played 43 seconds. He's sitting there last night. What, what was he drinking? Was that a large soda? <laughs> Did you see the straw he was drinking yeah. through? It? What, what was that? What was James Harden drinking? James Harden is drinking like a, what are the Seven Eleven? what are those big drinks big called? Big gulp. A big gulp. Like James Harden's over on the side having a big gulp. <laughs> He's so relaxed. This is a non issue. So, I mean, the field to me is a. The field, you should get 50 to 1 odds to take the field. <laughs> I'll take the field for 50 to 1. I, I, sh- I think we should be debating whether or not there will be sweeps, whether they'll lose another game. I don't know how Boston beat them for a game. Let me go next to uh, Nuno, hashtag Nuno, who is my vice president of just generally being crotchety and snarky and negative <laughs> about everything. So Nuno, say something snarky about that game last night.
0: I don't know who I dislike more right now, the Nets for just being this good and just ruining our fun or the Bucks for being so fraudulent. It's disgusting that this team is supposed to, we thought was a threat and Giannis is supposed to be this great. I'll go back to what I said earlier uh, a couple weeks ago. Is there a superstar you trust less in a big spot than Giannis? I think that's well said.
1: You believe Giannis is a fraud. You believe Giannis's greatness is fraudulent. True or false? True. Here's the deal. Nuno is only slightly wrong, which is to say this. Giannis is a great player. There isn't any question that he's a great player. He's got physical gifts beyond those that practically any player in the history of the sport has had. But what he does not have is the level of skill that the great players in today's NBA have. So what Giannis is, is an an incredible piece of a championship team. An unimaginably great piece of a championship team. But he is not the player you build one around. Jay Williams said it to me on TV this morning. He's a skinny Shaq. And go count up all the championships Shaq won without Kobe Bryant or Dwayne Wade. Uh, Don't waste your time. You already know you don't have to. He can't be the guy you were counting on four buckets. He can't. He's a great defensive player. He'll do. Although he got worked by Kevin Durant last night. But I'm not taking that away from Giannis. This is not about Giannis not being great. It's about Giannis not being on that very, very, very short list of players who you say he's on that team. Well, they can win the whole thing. LeBron's on that list. KD's on that list. I think Kawhi is on that list. I would put Luka on that list already, and there are others. Giannis is not. So I'm delighted that he stayed in Milwaukee. And he's a, a, I'm, not, I'm not here to bury Giannis today, but I am here to give an honest assessment of him. He is a great player, but he cannot be your primary scoring option. He can be the best player on your team, but he cannot be your primary scoring option. He just can't. And so finally, I turn to Bubba and many may not know this, but Bubba, before his career in radio production, uh, had an extraordinarily successful run working as an executive in the NBA. And you you, you were there and present for a lot of really important decisions about competitive balance and and all of those sorts of issues. So with that as your background and as the backdrop of this question, what can we do, Bubba, about how one sided, unfair and I fear uninteresting this thing is starting to look
0: well? Lest anyone forget, the series doesn't start until the home team loses. So check back with me after game three, because as far as I can tell, the series hasn't started yet. Go Bucks. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good All right. That was everything we hoped it would be and more. All right. We are just getting started. That's where it begins today. There are a million different places we will go. Uh, a little straight talk for you here. Cutting your wireless bill in half feels good. Home run in the ninth, inning good. Straight Talk offers 25 gigs of high speed data for 45 bucks a month. It's up to 50% less than the other guys on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. We haven't even scratched the surface of where that was going to go. Plus, I will ask what I think is the most important question of the day It's one you haven't heard asked yet I'll do it next You're listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio For the ones who get it done Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry As well as access to product specialists Who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner Can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
0: See app for details. Greenie, the podcast.
1: I am Greenie. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests, like Doris Burke, later today appear on the Goodyear hotline. Coming up, I will ask the most important question of the day. I haven't heard anyone else ask it, much less answer it. I'll get to that. Right now, 30 seconds, though, from ZipRecruiter. If you were a business owner who was hiring, it can feel like trying to find a needle in a haystack. But when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, their matching technology finds these qualified candidates for you and invites them to apply. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So while other companies give you too many options, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y, ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We opened with a disaster that was last night in Brooklyn, a 39-point game that wasn't nearly as close as the final score would suggest. And when I say disaster, I mean that literally. This is a disaster for the NBA. They've lost their biggest stars on the west side of the ledger in LeBron James and Steph. And now the Nets look like they're just going to make a mockery of the East. And so I turned to the infamous Google Doc, the infamous Greeny Show Google Doc, and Nuno's notes yesterday. And once again, I I would like to just, for those of you who are not with us every day, I'd like to remind you of what Nuno's role is here. He's my producer. His job is to present story options to me, right? Now, I went to journalism school in that. You'd think that's supposed to be unbiased. Like, Greeny, here's a story I came across you might find interesting. This is what he wrote in the Google Doc. Bucks at Nets. If the Bucks aren't competitive against the Nets without Harden, how bad of a look is that for the NBA? <laughs> <laughs> Nuggets at Suns. While I'm not a huge fan of Chris Paul, <laughs> <laughs> Nuno never change. He writes, "Is there an athlete in all of sports that people want to see in a finals more than CP3?" Hembo says, "Mike Trout," and that's where we're going. So that's what they're asking. Here's what I'm asking. All right, here's my question. <laughs> Will any of the big three load manage a game in this series? We know James Harden isn't playing right now because of injury. They won't rush him back. He's drinking a big gulp on the sideline right now. I really believe that was like a, a big gulp that he was drinking out that huge straw on the sideline last night, watching the game and just laughing because what else is there to do? When they go up 3 nothing? when they win game three at one-sidedly in Milwaukee, will Kyrie play game four? Probably not. What do you think? Nuno, does Kyrie play game four if they're up 3 nothing and cruising?
0: Yeah, I think he he would. I just think I don't think he can sit out this uh, this series because <laughs> I just I just don't think it would be a good look. I think he he knows that, and I think he's done some things that he you know during the regular season that everyone's like, what the heck? But if he does it in the playoffs, he would be destroyed. Even if even though it is the Nets and no one cares about the Nets.
1: No, yeah, well, I mean people care about the Nets at least enough that. The reason that we care is because we are counting on them to sort of carry this thing, and we will see, because it is a collection of teams that have not done a lot of winning. In fact, Hembo put this together. Was this your note I saw from ESPN Stats and Info? This
2: was not. This was a colleague of mine.
1: Okay. Well, either way, your colleague put together this note. None of the eight teams left in the playoffs has won a championship since the playoffs expanded in 1984. Of the eight teams that are left, the most recent champion was Philly in nineteen eighty three, the legendary Moses Malone Fo 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 Sixers. The last time the Bucks won it was nineteen seventy one with Kareem. Jalen thought that those were the only two that had won it. Actually, the Hawks won a championship in nineteen fifty eight. The Clippers, the Jazz, the Nets, the Nuggets, and the Suns have never won the NBA championship. So a long drought is getting broken here one way or another over the course of the next couple of months. The New York Nets, the New York Nets, did win the ABA championships in 74 and 76, led by Julius Irving. I I have a a vague recollection of that. Like, I remember the ABA. I remember the red, white, and blue ball. I certainly remember Dr. J who was beloved by everybody in that league. Hubie Brown coached in that league. Kevin Loggery was the coach of the of the Nets when they won those again. Those were the New York Nets. They moved around a bunch in my childhood. They played for a while at Piscataway, and then they played. They, of course, became the New Jersey Nets. Now they play in Brooklyn, and here they are. It would appear on their way to their first ever NBA championship. So that's where we begin today. A long drought is about to be broken, and the Nets are, will probably consider load management during this postseason run. I'm Greeny, presented by Progressive's Home Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Meanwhile, the Scoop. Tom Thibodeau won Coach of the Year yesterday. Congratulations to Tibbs. Again, he's a friend. Um, he came and worked here at ESPN. He was a regular on Get Up for, was it two seasons? How long was he with us? It was one and a half, right? Uh, he, I think, was he let go? He was with us for quite a while. He did, a,
2: he did at least a couple dozen shows with us, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he
1: was with us a lot older in the playoff run of 2019, and he's an excellent analyst and a good guy, and I thought deserving. But what I will say is he just sort of edged out Monty Williams, and I did see some um, complaining on Twitter last night that Monty Williams' accomplishment this year was greater than what Tom Thibodeau did, and that if Monty Williams had done what he did in New York rather than Phoenix— that he would have won coach of the year, to which I reply, yeah, exactly. The Knicks have been so bad for so long, people forget how favorably people talk about them. I remember this vividly because I was covering the visiting team. I was covering the Bulls when they were going up against the Knicks in the 90s and all of the conversation about how the Knicks get favorable treatment, get all the attention, get all this, that, and the other. And Yes, that's right. It is actually underscores why it is so unimaginable and disgraceful that they've been so bad for so long, because they have so many built-in advantages. People in this town are still talking about the Knicks now. They've been out for a week. The Nets just won by 40 points. And people are talking about the Knicks. That's who the Knicks are. So if you're complaining that the Knicks and their coach got special attention because he coaches the Knicks, well, just where have you been? I guess the reality is you haven't been around a team that mattered in 20 years. That that really is what that told me when I was reading those. Because if this had happened 20 years ago, it wouldn't have even been discussed. No one would have said a word. Well, of course, the coach of the Knicks got coach of the year. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even worth talking about. It was either the guy in New York or the guy coaching the Phoenix Suns. I mean, these things aren't that complicated. It doesn't make them right. They just are. Not everything that is is right. Lots of things are and are wrong. This is and is. It doesn't make any difference if it's right or not. So that's what happened last night. I was watching that yesterday. He's, he's you know, the other thing about Tibbs is he was fun last night with those guys. Mm-hmm. I was watching. He was on the pre. Did you see it? The I pregame did. with him in Barkley and Ernie and all those guys. You know, he's he's lightened up a little, he laughs a little bit, you know, I mean he's the most intense person you'll ever meet. He's a very intense person. But I do think he's lightened up a little bit, and it was nice to see him like that. This year
2: was kind to him. It's also worth reminding fans that this is merely a regular season award. There's some recency bias here because the Knicks did not advance, and the Suns did. But that's a big part of this, too. Like, the, the, the Suns winning in the first round and advancing past the Lakers, or people are thinking. It's just like any time you'll see, like, Giannis wins the MVP award, they get knocked out early in the playoffs and people freak out. That's not how it works.
0: Right,
1: right. It, it is a regular season award, mm-hmm. even though I'm, I've never been convinced it should be. Hmm. I've I've taken this position before that the NBA is a sport that is so postseason dominant now where the postseason is so much more important than the regular season. Now, I think this is a terrible thing. Terrible. but No one seems to be able to do enough about it. I give Adam credit. He's trying. He tried with the postseason play-in tournament, and I believe he'll try other things. Look, let's just talk turkey here, okay? If you love the Nets, good for you. God bless you. Your team is great. But the bottom line of it is this. The Nets just absolutely dismissed the regular season. They just did. They acted as though it doesn't matter. And what upsets me about that the most is that they're about to prove it's right. And that's a bad thing. That is a sad day for this great sport. And that's why I'm upset. I don't dislike the Nets. I love Kevin Durant. He's phenomenal. I mean, he's unbelievable. Kevin Durant is the best scorer that has ever lived. I will 100% say that definitively. I don't even think it's an opinion. I think it's just an obvious statement of fact, and I've seen them all. I'm not saying he's a greater player than Jordan was. He's not. But he's a greater, just pure scorer. There's never been a scorer like him. He's seven feet tall. Kevin Durant is seven feet tall. He can score from anywhere. Etiannis is the defensive player of the year. He crossed him up to the point that Giannis almost fell down. He can shoot threes. He can go to the basket. He can do anything. He can score from anywhere, anytime, any way he wants to. He's the best scorer I've ever seen in my life. And I like him. I admire him. I've always liked Steve Nash. I don't have an issue with any of them. And, look, they want to come together and do that until someone changes a rule that says that it's not as easy to do. That's what guys are going to do. And if I were in their shoes, I'd probably do the same thing. But here's my question.
2: Do you think this is new? You covered the Bulls teams in the late 90s. Were those teams any any lesser in relation to the league? Yes, absolutely. The Warriors five, six years ago, too?
1: No, the Warriors ruined it. This is
2: a new phenomenon. It goes back to KD going to Golden State. No,
1: it goes back to, really, it goes back to the decision. It goes back to LeBron, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade. That's really where this started, where a bunch of NBA stars said, let's just go play together. Let's just – it doesn't matter when – like the, the, the front offices, all these executives, they don't matter. These players, the, the players who matter, they were only about what, – what would you say the number is? Nuno, how many players are there in the NBA I'm talking about when I say the list of players who can decide the title by themselves? doesn't matter who the coach is or the GM is, who anybody is. How many is – it, is it 10? Are there 10 of them?
0: I think probably even less at this point, less. right? Because you saw – like LeBron struggled without Anthony Davis. So I think he's getting to that point where he can't decide the title by himself.
1: No, no. No one can do it by themselves. But I mean guys who mm. you put them together and they're going to win the whole thing. I mean, the, the, if Davis doesn't get hurt, they're still playing and they're going to win the whole thing. Or at least they're going to play the Nets and we'll see what happens.
2: I think Nuno's you know right. I mean, look at the year that Steph just had. The Warriors missed the playoffs. At most, there was a half a dozen players like that in the league, right? Yeah.
1: Now. So so the point I'm making is that was when the, a collection of those guys – see. Because it's a bigger list than that, because Chris Bosh wouldn't be on that list. He wouldn't have been on that list, but he was more than good enough to join the party. Right. you know. Right. And, and so when you get those guys together, when they're deciding this stuff, look, again, I'm not criticizing them. The league set up a system where it's this. It, it, it is the, the, one of the best examples of unintended consequences ever. But when you set up a system where there is a salary cap for the team, and there is a salary restraint on the best players, meaning regardless of how good a player you are, and despite the fact that there is a salary cap, so this isn't going to cost the owners anything, you can only pay the best player X. You can only pay him this amount of money. Well, if you're LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, all these guys, you're going to look at it and say, well, look, if I can't make any more money, no matter where I go, why wouldn't I just go someplace I can win easily? Even if that is taking some of the competitive spirit that the league used to be built on out of it, I can't blame them. I'm not criticizing them. My, my, I'm not even criticizing anyone today. I'm just concerned. I'm voicing concern as a lifelong lover of the sport. I'm not criticizing anyone. I might do the same thing, but if those guys are just going to team up and play together, and it doesn't make nothing else makes any difference anyway, then. Where where are we? So so then, what is the difference? in those dominant
2: bull teams in the '90s. The difference they weren't in-
1: that dominant. I'm telling you, they weren't we this level of dominant. One year. Uh, but, that, but that's not what it's about. The 72 win team that that's one of, that might be one of two of Jordan's championships where they were never pushed in the playoffs. But I'm here to tell you, I'll go back with you right now. In '91, what was the year? '92. The Knicks took the Bulls seven games. The Cavs took the Bulls. Uh, six games and stole home court advantage from them in the second or the the conference finals that year Um, in the finals, Portland played them tough. That was a tough six game series. It was not an easy series. Phoenix uh, 93, the Knicks and Bulls, the Knicks were up two games to none on the bulls that year with home court advantage. And the Suns took that series six. The bulls didn't run through that playoffs then the 96 team did 97 that was not in any way an easy walk through the park for them and and and, and I'm trying to remember the first round series they killed everybody
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm doing these in my head now one of the years was the year that Ewing and all those guys got suspended I think the Knicks would have given them a brutally tough series had that not happened but they wound up beating Miami instead comparatively easily but Utah absolutely could have won both those series Michael Jordan hits that shot in game 6 Otherwise, we're going to a Game 7 on the road. Is there any team in the NBA
2: right now as good as those Jazz teams were then?
1: Well, I mean, it's all comparative, Aside right? from the Nets, uh, uh, of course. Yeah. There's no one as there's, – there's no, I don't think there's any obvious reason to think that anyone is going to give the Nets nearly as tough a battle as was routinely given the Bulls during Michael's championship seasons. Plus, Michael Scotty, and Dennis Rodman didn't just get together and say, let's do this here, guys. I mean, if you build it the old fashioned way, the Celtics won a bunch of championships in a row at different times in history as well. The Lakers, people didn't resent it because the people putting it together did a great job. What are you going to do? But in this case, they've just taken it in in their own hands. Now, again, I'm not criticizing them. I know what's going to happen. People are going to say Greeny's ripping the stars. I'm not. I'm not. If I were sitting in their place, I would do the same thing. We need to make a change. We need to change the system in some way that it changes the way this thing plays out. All right. I, I want to get to something I promised. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. All right. My question of the day is as follows. So Mark Murphy is the president of the Green Bay Packers. And he said in his monthly column that the Aaron Rodgers holdout, and today is the day the Packers are practicing for the first time, that That this controversy, this holdout, is dividing the Packers fan base. And that brings me to my question of the day. Why on earth does Mark Murphy have a monthly column? Why does the president of a National Football League team have a monthly column dividing the fan base? What is this, a political party? It's a football team. No one is divided. Here's what happened. You angered your best player no end by treating him disrespectfully and acting like that shouldn't matter at all, and now he's humiliating you publicly for it because he's just that kind of guy. And apparently, you were the only person alive who didn't know that. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows Aaron Rodgers is that guy. You don't do that to Aaron Rodgers. Apparently, Mark Murphy didn't know that. And so now, he's in his monthly column writing about how this situation is dividing the fan base not dividing anything. The fans want Aaron Rodgers to play, and they understand why he's aggravated. Now, how this ultimately plays out, nobody knows. I threw a, a Twitter question up, a poll question on my Twitter page to see, who do you blame for this, Aaron Rodgers or the front office? You can vote if you'd like to. It's at uh, ESPN Greeny. I have 15,000 votes. I just put it up before the TV show this morning. 70% say it's on the front office. My question is, what the hell's the matter with the other 30%? Is Mark Murphy and his family just voting over and over and over again? Because (laughs) you got to be out of your mind. Aaron, look what they did. They traded up to take a quarterback and didn't tell Aaron they were going to do it and just thought that was going to be okay? Have you met him? And I mean that figuratively because I grant most people haven't met him, but have you paid any attention to him? You think he's coming back with his tail between his legs? He's in Hawaii with Shailene Woodley. So uh, to me, that situation is ludicrous. And again, the question of the day, which absolutely is fascinating to me, is why does he have a monthly column? By the way, did you see this? The question he was responding to in this monthly column, it's a Q&A with fans. The question was, Dear Mark, you have done a great job. Don't let the bastards drag you down. Washington needs a name. I suggest the generals. <laughs> a, that isn't a question. B, he responded by saying that this has torn apart the fan base. Nothing on earth could be further from the truth. This is an example of you plant the question of someone saying how great a job that you've done, and then you use it to say what you want to say in your monthly column that you shouldn't have in the first place, where you're trying to send a message to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers isn't paying attention to your messages. Let's see where that thing winds up going. Meanwhile, of course, the team that's making moves... Making Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. It's Tennessee, the Tennessee Titans, and I ask you this question. Here's another question of the day. You ask these questions. Greenies question of the day. Do you know the old expression about the players you send off the bus first? This dates back to, like, high school football, where you, when, 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 you're, when the bus arrives to play a visiting game, a road game. You send your biggest, strongest, toughest-looking players off the bus first, setting a tone, intimidation, all the rest of that. Has any team in NFL history ever gotten off the bus better than the Tennessee
2: Titans?
1: (laughs) Who are you sending off first, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, or Derrick Henry?
2: All three of them shirtless. Uh,
1: Exactly right. Right. Why would they own a shirt? All kidding aside, have you seen the way Julio Jones is built? If I were built like any of those three guys, I would not own a shirt. I wouldn't. (laughs) The other guy who's like that is DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf came into this studio before he got drafted. And I said aloud, who's the linebacker? And someone said, no, that's a wide receiver. He's going to go in the first round. And he wound up not going until the second round. And I took one look at him and I said, in all honesty, I would go to my shirt closet and I would burn every shirt I own. And let me make 100% clear. I don't have a separate shirt closet. (laughs) (laughs) My shirts are in the same closet with all the rest of my clothes. But I would go to that area and I would just I would just start the process of throwing away all of my shirts because that's that is the unique example of a person who will look better without one
2: wide receiver wide receiver running back. Are you kidding.
1: That's it. I mean, they're the toughest looking team. No team will ever get off a bus better than (laughs) they will get off the bus. Meanwhile, two observations are coming up next from the weekend that I didn't get to make yesterday, both of which are going to make people mad at me. But in both cases, I am right. You will hear them right after this word from ZipRecruiter. So the football offseason, that's well, wild, right? You got trades, free agent signings, new coaching hires. Teams got to be excited for the coming season. And if you want to hire people that you're really excited about, team up with ZipRecruiter with matching technology that finds people with the right experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. It's no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. To try ZipRecruiter for free, just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny, at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. At ZipRecruiter, it's the smartest way to hire. Back in a flash on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jet's Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple.
0: Greenie the podcast.
1: I'm Greenie am presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at progressive.com or 1-800-progressive. Doris Burke coming up in our next hour. So is Buster Olney. Right now I got a couple takes. Greenie's takes. I have two of them, as a matter of fact, two observations. And uh, my thanks to Chris Carlin for coming in yesterday. I was not able to do it. The show yesterday I had a a commitment I just couldn't um, get out of. But uh, so I did not get to comment on some of the things I saw over the weekend on this show. And there were two observations, two takes I really wanted to share. The first of this is this. Luka Doncic is right now, I believe, the best offensive player in the world. And he's 22 years old. Now, I will confess that I wrote that yesterday and then Kevin Durant went out last night and made me question it a little. (laughs) But what Kevin Durant and Steph Curry are, are historically great scorers. Steph Curry's ability to shoot is the greatest in NBA history and it's not close. Kevin Durant's overall ability to score is the best in NBA history and in my opinion, that is a decisive opinion. But I think if you look at the entirety of your offensive game, I think Luca is already the best offensive player in the sport. Didn't he create 77 points in Game 7 he on did. Sunday?
2: He did. 77. It actually broke a Game 7 record that was held by um, uh, Walt Frazier in 1974.
1: All right. The legendary... That game. N- it wouldn't have been 74, I don't think. Uh, I, I don't think it would have been 74. I got the wrong year. I, got I think the wrong, it would have been 70. 74 points, I got the wrong year. Yeah, it would have been, se- it would have been 1970, because that was the legendary, here comes Willis, and it was actually Walt Frazier who won that game. I want to say it was 36 points and 17 assists, and that is broken... In a game seven, obviously not in the championship, but in the first round, by Luca. And so you might say to yourself, "Well, he has to win something before you can start saying that about him." Well, that brings me to the next of my takes, which is that the Knicks won the Kristaps Porzingis trade. They did just by getting him off of their team. Kristaps Porzingis is a seven foot three floor spacer. He is Kyle Korver, but not nearly as good. And did you realize, in case you're not paying attention, that Christabs Porzingis makes thirty million dollars this year, thirty-two million next year, thirty-four million the year after that, and thirty-six million dollars the year after that? He got five years and $158 million in July of 2019. By the time that's done, that could be the worst contract ever. He's always hurt. And the thing is that when he's hurt, you at least get to imagine him being better than he is. Like when he's hurt, you think to yourself, "If only they had Porzingis." And then when he's playing, you think to yourself, "If only he was good." <laughs> L- like, like Nuno, I come to you as a Nick fan. I mean, what, what, what? Do, as you watch Kristaps Porzingis be a non-factor, I mean, a complete non-factor in Dallas's seven-game loss with Luka Doncic doing everything out there by himself. As a devoted Nick fan, what thought goes through your
0: mind? two things one it's become the tim hardaway jr trade right and two just listening to porzingis after that that loss it was it was like hey i'm only doing what i was told and i need to reevaluate stuff and it's just like he he's a not i don't want to say a malcontent but like the knicks almost dodged a bullet here oh they didn't almost
1: anything i mean right now you tim hardaway jr has turned into a nice player but getting that contract, whatever it is that you would have to have paid him, which would have been something like this, off of your books, you win that trade. Oh, yeah. you, any team that winds up with $158 million worth of Chris Tapp's Porzingis has lost that trade enormously. Meanwhile, there's something else.
2: I need you to listen carefully.
1: I just want you to know. I just want you to know something. And that is that the one thing that has been said to me probably more frequently than anything else since I became whatever degree of famous it is that I am, since the time in my life that people started recognizing me, if only because I have a voice that is somewhat distinctive and my face has been on television now for 25 years with my name under it, the one thing people say more to me than anyone else is, you know, you're bigger than I thought you'd be. Everyone always thought I was this little tiny person. And the reason for that is pretty simple. I spent 18 years sitting next to one enormous person. Mike Golick was six foot five, and for the majority of our partnership, weighed well over 300 pounds. So when you're sitting next to him, you look small. So I've always had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder regarding that. I'm not a small guy. So yesterday, I go to a charity golf outing. My wife is on the board of a wonderful charity called Horizons, and they had their golf outing yesterday, and that's where I was. And I bring Dan Orlovsky as part of my crew. My my guests are two of my agents from CAA and Dan Orlovsky. So Stace sends to me, because she's this way, make sure you take a picture and send it to me. So I take a picture, me and Orlovsky. I pay no attention to it. It's actually one of the agents, Mike Levine, Vino, they call him, takes the picture and texts it to my wife. She posts it. It's it's on her Twitter page, at Stacy GSG. In this picture... Dan Orlovsky looks like he's my dad. (laughs) I look like I'm kneeling. (laughs) He's so much taller than me in this picture. And everyone's to know, I don't know anything has happened here, right? This is before we even tee off. So like seven hours later, I get home and Stace says to me, you know, everyone on Twitter is joking about how short you look in the picture. And I say, well, what good is that doing me now? You have to see this. I look so small. I'll let the record show. Dan Orlovsky is six foot six. <laughs> he's very tall. And I think I must be standing in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> you, I hope so. <laughs> because he, I, the top of my hat is not even up to his chin. And the, he's not that much taller than me. To be clear, like Yao Ming is that much taller than me. <laughs> Dan Orlovsky is not. I am six feet tall. We measured me once on Mike and Mike because people <laughs> didn't believe it. We pour out a tape measure in front of an audience. I was five foot eleven and three quarters inches tall. That's how tall I am. And in this picture, <laughs> if you're on Twitter, go to @stacygsg. You'll see. Orlovsky looks like <laughs> like I'm one of his sons. he's got nine-year-olds like all of us, and I'm one of You're them among them. yes. It's like, it's like we're showing up to our little league baseball game <laughs> and, and I'm hoping to pitch today. Good luck, Sparky. It is very, very upsetting. We'll be right back.